Well, good morning again. And I do sincerely want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I know I can joke around maybe a little too much for a senior pastor sometimes, but uh, I do sincerely want to say just happy Mother's Day to all of you uh, with the deepest respect uh, that there can be. I know it's not always easy, and I know not firsthand, but observing and watching uh, the burden that you carry as your children grow and the, the challenges that you, you go through and uh, the tears, the sleepless nights, all of those things and the prayers uh, that, that go into a child, I, I recognize that. And so just want to be clear on that, that it is uh, a very important part that you play. It's a vital part. And, you know, today, as I said earlier when I was up here with my wife, it's, I, I want to speak into to, to all of us today, um, but, but specifically th those women in the room and, and those who are mothers. Um, and, and what I want to talk about for a little bit here is this idea, and we hear this word a lot, this word of legacy, and what that means. Uh, I think we can lose the depth of what that word is, what it means, and, and how it kind of plays into uh, what it is to, to raise children and, and to be engaged in the world around us. And so as I begin this message, I, I do want to remind all the women here and those watching online that this, this message is for you. I recognize that there are many women here, there are many stories uh, behind each person sitting in these chairs, and you know there are stories of many children, there are stories of no children, there are stories of a desire to have children but not able to, uh, there are stories of a loss of a child, uh, there are stories of just the decision not to, to have children. And so to, to speak into such a, a large, diverse group like that, um, the only place you really can go is the Word of God, amen? And that's where we're going to be spending our time today. But again, I don't want you to tune out. If, if you don't, maybe you've not been called mother per se, or, or even for all the guys who are sitting here today as well, there's something that's important here for you. Because the reality is, is, is especially the women here, you have, all of you have the opportunity to mother someone in your world, maybe a neighbor, coworker, child, uh, here at this church even. And so don't buy into the lie that you don't have a role to play. And this sermon, again, is, it's, it's for everyone here. And I'm here to, to tell you, you know, I, my mother passed away in 2015, and, you know, uh, there were times our relationship was great, there were times that it wasn't. Um, I know, though, she loved me and she did her best. And the beauty of it was is even, especially once I became an adult, even before I became an adult, I can, I can tell you many women that poured into my life. You know, whether it was the soccer games that my parents couldn't go to and certain families would take me with their, their son. And, you know, those moments had impact on my life. My Sunday school teacher, you know, Bonnie, I remember her name. I'm close with her family and she's now dealing with Parkinson's and I'm just watching her go through a struggle as her body fades and as she gets older, you know, it's heartbreaking. But I called her mom. I call her mom still to this day. And so I don't want anyone here to miss the opportunity that is simply around you every single day. You have moments in your life to speak life and to speak things into a child's life, into someone's life that are life-giving, and that can have an impact. Speaking of, of Bonnie, I remember when I was in the Middle East and I was over this huge 
Uh, it was a, a one-day event to raise money for missions. We would raise like $30,000 in one day. And it was all these different ethnic uh, foods. The people would come in, we'd have stalls, and thousands of people would come through in a day. And I was overseeing this, and I remember we'd gotten set up the night before, and I was exhausted. It had been a couple days, and we've got everything set up. We're ready to pull the trigger. And it was her birthday coming up, and her daughter had reached out to me and said, you know, would you mind sending my mom a video message? And I, I, and I sent one, and I said, you know, I said, I'm, you, your, your investment all those years ago is impacting people in the Middle East right now. You know, on the other side of the world, that, that, that investment, I don't want to call it a small investment because she was, my, she was there for many years in my life, but she poured into me, and it had effect, and it was bearing fruit, and I wanted her to know that. And so for all of you, again, whether that's you that's investing or maybe someone's invested in you that you need to just say thank you for, um, I encourage you to do that. So today we're going we're gonna to jump in and, you know, as I've shared that story and there are many others, and I know that you all have these two, there are women in our lives that, again, have been um, most impactful on all of us, but also on key people in history. All throughout history, you see just women that have risen to the challenge time and time again. I'm sure if, if asked, every mother here would appreciate if their son or daughter consistently thought of them in the way the Bible depicts your importance. Would you agree? It's okay if your kids are sitting here. You can say amen. And just stare right at them when you say it. It's okay. This is for you. Uh, the Bible consistently reminds us, right, to honor and love our mothers. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and mother. Leviticus 19, 3, every one of you shall revere their mother and father. Thank you, honey. I can always count on you. But how many moms here can attest, again, they, they don't always remember this or recall this, right? Even though we put the scriptures up all over the house and especially those and maybe on their bathroom mirror. If you haven't, you should try that. That's great. Um, but this is your chance. Here it is for the elbow and just kind of look at them like I said. Um, our children, though, just in, in graciousness to them, just like us, we all go through stages in life and, and you know, with those stages, feelings about moms tend to change. So maybe you've heard this before as I walk this through. So to a four-year-old, mommy can do anything, right? I mean, a four-year-old... My one-year-old, you know, looks at mom. She is a superstar, and she should be. But again, mom can do anything. To an eight-year-old, mom knows a lot. Yeah, it's slipping, right, already. To a 12-year-old, mom doesn't know much of anything. It just gets better. To a 16-year-old, it's not worth asking mom because she doesn't know, all right? Any amens? Okay, just keep looking at me if you don't want them to know, but it's okay, I see your faces, it's okay. To an 18-year-old, mother is way out of date, right? You've hit the expiration, it's like you're, you're just disconnected, you don't have a clue. Now, we'll turn the corner a little bit. To a 25-year-old, mom might know a thing or two, right? Kind of step into that, like, okay, maybe mom's got something to bring to the table. To a 35-year-old, it's probably best to consult mom on this issue. To a 50-year-old, some wish they could consult mommy. And to a 70-year-old, they would often wonder what mommy would have said about this. And so there's really this 
we go through a, a cycle kind of, right, don't we? We go through these stages, and most of us, and, and it's okay. And, and wherever you're at on that spectrum today, you know, it's okay. And whether you're the mom or you're the child or, or whatever it is, but it's, it's important. And at some point, we get it right. We figure it out at some point. Sometimes it's too late, you know? Um, but other times, we, we get to make up for some of that lost time. And so first, just let me say here to all the young people that are, are here or watching online, it is good to honor and respect your mother. Let me say that again. It is good to honor and to respect your mother. Your mom has lived longer than you and is definitely worth consulting at every stage of life, okay? I mean, it's across the board. There's, there's no question that moms talk to them and they have, they have some wisdom to glean. Again, on rare exceptions, maybe like a good beard oil or something like that, you may wanna go elsewhere. But overall, moms typically have an answer that is worth listening to. You know, the amazing thing that surfaces through all these stages of life is the capacity of a mother's ability to love her children through them all. I can't tell you, you know, how many, how many women, you know, that I've had the opportunity to encounter through my life that have been like a mother to me, that have been moms to other people, but to also hear the pain that they go through. And why do they feel that pain? Why do they go through that, that, that sense of, again, just anguish? It's because of the depth of their love for their child. Even when a child strays far away, even when a child even says horrific things to them in a moment of anger or whatever else, it hurts so deeply because of the love that a mother has and a mother, a mother will never stop loving their child. They'll never stop. Now, that doesn't mean you always agree with what your, the decisions your children make, right? But your love never changes, does it? Your love never changes, and it shouldn't. Why? Because God, in his infinite wisdom and his creatorness, has ingrained and wired into mothers that, that love for their child. And again, don't, don't get me wrong, I, I'm fully aware of the world that which we live, and I understand that it will do everything to, to crosswire things, to, to, to short out that mechanism. But, but, but don't, don't, don't buy into the fact that, that that's truth. Because most of the time, if, if a woman ever tries to say she doesn't love her child, if you sit down and they, 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 be, they get honest and you get past that surface, there's a love that's been kind of compartmentalized down there that they've closed off for whatever reason. And so understand that there's this depth of love that is hardwired into every woman to love their child. You see this word legacy, and in a person's legacy, it's not determined by who the person is as much as a person's legacy is determined by what is done, right? And that can be really good or bad. <laughs> you know, I know we typically associate legacy with something good, but when, when there's st things that are sown into our children that are not good, you know, that can leave a legacy of, of hurt, of despair, you know, of all kinds of things, of anxiety. And so, again, the question today in our mind should be, what are we leaving as a legacy? Because anyone that is engaged in the life of another person is leaving some kind of mark, is leaving some kind of legacy that oftentimes is lasting, and mothers especially fit this. 
For example, if you turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy, and in chapter 1, we read about the importance of, of a mother's investment, especially through the generations. You know, for those of you who don't know, Timothy, again, you know, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. Paul invested in Timothy, and Timothy had a huge impact on the world. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, Paul writes to him and says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that, and I know that some faith continues strong in you, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So where was Timothy's faith first modeled? <laughs> it's right there. Mother and his grandmother, right? His mother and grandmother And it's, it's key, and it's so important for us to notice when, and again, because the, the context for when Scripture was written and that society and that culture, I mean, for women to be mentioned here is, is extremely important. Do you understand that? They're to take notice. And again, it's, it's almost like a flyby, but the significance of them being mentioned is it's for a reason. And here, again, Paul is acknowledging that. And these women are given credit for bringing up one of the most influential pastors in biblical record, in Timothy. It doesn't say much about his dad. It just barely mentions him in another place. But again, it's, it's very striking to me that this, it's not just faith, but a genuine faith was instilled in Timothy by his grandmother and his mother. And again, I don't know the demographics necessarily here of, of, of all of us, but you know, if, if you're a mother or a grandmother, you know, there is significance in what you say. And there's equal significance in what you don't say. You, and I think we know this. I want to say I think we all know this, but there are things that my mom said that I never gave her credit for, that I acknowledged and that I heard, and that helped me in life but I may not have shown it on the outside. Is anybody else like that? I mean, you know, and I wish I could tell her, you know, Mom, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And so, again, make sure, for those of you who are, who are impacting or influencing uh, your children, whether by birth or whatever, the people you're investing in, you, you are having an impact, just like Timothy, but what impact are you having? And here, again, in Timothy's life, it says, you know, it continued strong. It, it, this, this same faith continues strong in you. And I love these words that are being used because it's so, it's powerful. It's, there's a depth here, a meatiness, if you will, for him to withstand so much that would come at him in his life. And what that's called is that's called legacy, right? His mother and his grandmother left a legacy in his life. This word legacy, again, it's, it's simply something that is passed on. And I'll, I'll share a few examples of what legacy is. Let's go from what I would say least to greatest, right? A legacy oftentimes may be monetary or your assets. And like I said, and I said it clearly and on purpose, this is the least important thing you can do for your kids. 
Nobody's throwing anything at me yet, but let me just say, it's the least important thing. Why? Because legacy, true legacy, comes into play and comes into gear, if you will, when we're talking about things that are, have an eternal weight. Do you know that all the things of this world are passing away? Do you know that? Everything. Now, again, I don't want you to take what I'm saying out of context or, you know, if I've ruffled your feathers at all. Listen, is it good to leave an inheritance to your children? Of course it is. Monetarily, of course it is. So I'm not saying that. But if that is all that you do, what are you truly leaving your kids? What are you leaving your kids? Do you know how many wealthy men out there happen to have a, a child either out of wedlock or just you know a fly by night that just pour tons of money into that kid but never speak a word of life into them, never speak anything of value into their lives or instill in them some kind of some moral compass or something like that? If it's just money and if it's just stuff, that's, that happens really quite often in our world. So again, that's, it's great, it's good, and it's oftentimes attached to the word legacy. It is legacy, but don't let that, let that be the least important thing that you focus on. And let it also be for those of us who maybe don't have a lot, <laughs> who maybe aren't in that or struggling to give that, let, let, not, let not you be so discouraged this morning, right? Focus on the things that have an eternal weight. Again, another, another legacy, if you will, it may come from one's character, right? Reputation in the life you lead, setting an example for others to guide their futures. And we, in our homes, at least me and Leanna have these like little people that hang around all the time, right? We cannot get rid of them. Huh? They don't pay bills. But we love them. We love them. But they're watching us. <laughs> and for some reason, they seem to just get a lot of the bad stuff. Amen? Now, you know, I'm not going to name things by name, so just don't, don't panic. But it's the good and the bad, right? And we just pray and hope, and we're trying to just kind of pour into them. But again, the one thing, and what I try is I, with my kids is, is I'm going to make mistakes. The longer you're married, the easier that just rolls off your tongue, right? <laughs> It's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw it up somehow. It'll happen. And, you know, but when I do, I, what I want my kids to see is, is, you know, dad may have not been perfect, but dad has character. He does things the right way. And he does his best to, to honor other people, to treat other people well. And, and again, that's what I want them to emulate from me. Right? And so again, character is something that I think it's not enough credit at times when we come to this word legacy. We need to be leaving, and, and, and that, that starts, it can only begin if we have character to, to, to offer, godly character, let's just say that. <laughs> so again, character is, is huge and important. And the third thing I would say on this list, from least to greatest, about legacy is one's faith, ethics, and core values. Now, again, my faith cannot save my children. Understand that. I can't pass that. That's, that's a misunderstanding some people have. Like, their parents' faith somehow rolls over. When they come to that point of understanding good from wrong, right from wrong, good from evil, they have to have that relationship with Jesus themselves, right? But 
Don't think for a minute that your prayers for your kids don't matter. Don't think for a minute the priority you place on your walk with the Lord, on, on being present here and, and being a part of, of a, a community at a church. Don't think that that's not being you know, registered in them. One of the greatest head scratchers for me, and again, if this shoe fits, wear it really proud and, and do something about it. But you know, when we don't instill this, this priority of our faith, when we don't instill the priority of being present and being a part of a body, then you know, why are we so surprised when our kids graduate and they walk away from church and everything else? And now again, I, I get all the schedules, I get everything else, but I'm just saying, what are you gonna be left with and, and what's the priority that you're setting? What is, how are you transmitting your faith and your core values? See, legacies often tremendously impact and encourage, and they leave pathways for future generations. And that's what we're trying to do across the board. All of those areas, we're trying to leave a legacy, something that future generations will benefit from. Legacies provide guidance and inspiration for family members and those impacted by you, again, to live lives that impact their faith, homes, and the world around them. What you see around you, everything that you do, you, you have that potential to impact. And I want this message today, listen, I, it's gonna be an encouraging message. I hope it is already, but I know it's gonna be challenging too. But I just want, I wanna bring us back to what's important, you understand? Because I love you. And so to understand this, I, this quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon, this is what he says. He says, a good character is the best tombstone. Those who loved you and were helped by you will remember you when the forget-me-nots have withered. Listen to this. Carve your name on hearts, not on marble. Daryl, I don't mean to dime me out here or anything, but I have the privilege to meet with him pretty often. And he has, he took me to his office, and he has a wall of all these these men, like groups of men. And he, he calls them his Joshua, the Joshua's men. And these are groups of men that throughout his life that he has poured his life into. And correct me if I'm wrong, the majority of those, if not close to all, are still serving the Lord today. Is that correct? And again, I know he doesn't want the spotlight or like the spotlight necessarily, but, but that's, that's leaving a legacy. Right? You talk about carving your name on the hearts of people. That's, that's doing that. And it's not for his glory. It's for the God's glory. But is, could we ask for anything more, especially from our kids, that they would know and serve the Lord? That's, that's when I know that I can, I can lay down and rest for eternity, is when I see my kids serving and loving the Lord. And I pray one day I see my grandkids too. But that's it. So the question, again, we, we need to be asking ourselves whether man, woman, mother, whatever it is, it's, it's this, it's, it's what kind of legacy are we desiring to leave behind long after we are gone, right? What is it we're trying to leave and what are we doing about it? Will it be lasting? Will it be imperishable and eternal, which I've already kind of touched on? Or will we leave behind only tangible things? As we just read, Timothy was, again, carrying a legacy 
that the Apostle Paul instructed him to invest into other people. He had something that had been invested in him that he was carrying and sharing with others. Primarily, he was you know, sharing and, and pouring into faithful men and women who would be able to pass God's truth on to the next generation. And that's really where we're looking. Again, we're not looking for quantity here. We're looking for quality. <laughs> and it, with every Mother's Day, you know, we oftentimes, and we will today touch briefly in a very familiar passage in the scripture of Proverbs 31. We're probably very familiar with it. Um, usually Mother's Day or nearly every women's event, we, they go to Proverbs 31. Now, just to be clear, theologians, they land kind of in different places. Proverbs 31, sometimes people view it as a personification of wisdom, um, which may be true. You know, other parts of Proverbs, they talk about wisdom uh, in that female sense. But then um, others, we read it at face value. But either way, I think we can glean from it, and either way is true. One more little tidbit about this before we kind of lean into this a little more is it's laid out as an acrostic. It's actually the Hebrew alphabet in alphabetical order. Each letter of the, each verse starts with a letter in alphabetical order. Because again, in that time, they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have quick access, and so they had to remember the, how do they remember these things in these scriptures, and this was how they did it. So it's actually, if you study it, it's laid out that way. So Proverbs 31, beginning in verse 10, let's just kind of walk through just a little bit of this as we look at uh, the character here of, of this, this excellent woman. An excellent wife, who can find the question it begins with? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. Again, a woman who has that, that is able to be trusted is so important and it's hard to find, isn't it, sometimes? Not just for a, a wife, but for a friend, for a sister in Christ. You know, are you somebody that, that people would say that I can trust her? Verse 12, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. So she does good. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. And again, that's significant because it's, it's kind of this idea of, of a, a princess, if you will, or queen, but still one that's willing to get down and work. And that's really what, you know, a godly woman does. You know, she, she sees that. She, she knows and she's confident of her place with Christ, but yet she sees those who are hurting. She sees those who she can get alongside and work along with. Moving ahead to verse 15. She rises while it is, is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. I like the NLT version. It says she, while it's night, she or early in the morning, she gets up and makes breakfast. And I'm telling you, that is, that is a gift, okay? <laughs> I'm just being honest. If that's just the most beautiful thing. Um, the smell of coffee and bacon in the morning, you'll win the heart of anyone uh, that, that has a soul, all right? <laughs> okay? It's a few people agree. If you guys don't like coffee, then we'll keep praying for you. But... Um, but yeah, so it's, it is important, but it's, it's, it's it, again, it's noticing it, the part where it and portions for her maidens, so what she's doing, she's not just providing food for those in her home, but for, for those who are around her and above and beyond even just her family. There's preparation there. In verse 17, where it says, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. I love this because that dresses herself, it's, it's, it's a deeper meaning. It means actually girding. You know, she, she girds herself up. She, she tightens it down with strength. 
And we need strong women in this world. I mean, this is a whole sermon, that another sermon I could preach, but we need women with backbone. We need women that will stand up for what is right. We need women, again, in the church to be godly examples in the, in the midst of this, the evil that is lurking in our society, in our culture, in the direction of things going. Women that will stand and be examples and role models to the next generation. Strong women. Strong women. Verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. And you see the contrast there. You know, I'm not, when I say a strong woman, we're not saying somebody that just steamrolls over everybody with no care. Right? There's, there's a strength, there's a quiet strength that can be present while you still have that, that, that ability to love and to nurture and to see those who are hurting and to stop and say, here, come with me, let me help you. Let me walk with you for a while. Church, this is critical and crucial, and I, I, I hope you're getting it. <laughs> I hope you're getting it. And, and we need this. We need this to be present in our church. Let's slide down a little ways to verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. I love that. That's what we're just talking about, right? There's strength and dignity, and dignity, and she laughs at the time to come. What does that mean? Whatever dangers lurk, she's, she's like, it's okay. We're gonna... We're gonna walk through it together. We trust in the Lord. And, and again, that there's, there's that strength there. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Let me say that one more time. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Amen? I love that first question that starts out, an excellent wife, who can find? Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. That's a question, and more precious than rubies is pretty pricey, right? It's, it's rare to find that. It's hard to find that, but we're still supposed to look for those women, women here today and those watching online as well, you're created by God to have significant meaning and purpose. Understand that. You all have the capacity to be mothers, whether you realize it or not. And we see this throughout the scriptures. Motherhood plays an important role in the Bible. It binds the beginning and the end. These stories offer us a glimpse into the heart of God. And so we start at the beginning. Taken from the side of Adam, gifted with bringing forth life, the first woman was named Eve because she was the mother of all living. But she was also a mother in her own right, the first of many mothers to come. Though Sarah's womb was closed, God promised nations and kings would come from her Ten years pass, and motherhood seems as impossible as the day it was promised. But the Lord is faithful to keep his promises, and Sarah bore a son who made her laugh. Leah was the firstborn, overlooked by her husband Jacob, who gave his heart to her younger sister. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Despite Jacob's disdain, she found her motherhood in the Lord. When Pharaoh became angry at the fruitfulness of the Hebrews, 
Jochebed sacrificed her motherhood for the sake of her son. When Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, she had compassion on him. Because of Jochebed's sacrificial motherhood, the Israelites found freedom. Naomi was a mother who experienced the loss of her sons, yet she gained a daughter in Ruth who declared, for where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Naomi and Ruth became family by faith. Mary, a virgin and not yet married, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The motherhood of this blessed woman was more than the continuation of a family name, but a means for God to bring a savior into the world to save his people from their sins. From the garden to the cross, there have always been mothers. These women paved the way for all women, representing the full spectrum of the ways one could be called mom. Whether a mother in faith, mentorship, adoption, or by birth, you play an important role in the stories of generations to come. To all the Sarahs, Leahs, Jochebeds, and Naomis, Happy Mother's Day. And there you have that snapshot, just a few from the, the scriptures. Eve, the mother of all living, Sarah, the promised mother, Leah, the forgotten mother, Jochebed, the sacrificial mother, Naomi, the spiritual mother, Mary, the mother of a savior. And I love what was said there, a mother by faith, mentorship, adoption, or birth. You have that potential in you. You have that opportunity. Your influence is greater and broader than you realize. You see, what is outstanding about each woman who made an impact in the Bible is that each of their stories were different. That means there isn't one perfect candidate for being a great mom or a woman. In other words, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be a stay-at-home mom. You don't have to be a working mom. You don't have to be a married mom, widowed mom, or divorced mom, or a mom at all in order for God to use you. Hear these words. When you are born a female, you were born exactly the way God intended. You were born, created exactly the way God intended. You were made in the image of God, and therefore you were born with intrinsic value. That is it. And some women need to hear this today. Some of you need to be reminded of the value that you were created with. Some of you here are thinking, you know what, I'm doing everything wrong. Some of you are thinking, I can't overcome this or that. Some of you are thinking, I made a mistake too great and it's too far of a distance to recover. But I'm here to tell you and to remind you of the grace of God and his faithfulness and the power that comes through him and through you and the impact that you have on others. There is a generation of people, generations of people that need you to stand up and to be counted. Will you answer the call? Please answer the call. God can do anything to anyone who's fully surrendered. 
And that's where it starts. It starts, again, as we mentioned earlier in Proverbs, it's, it's through the fear of the Lord. So if you're falling short, if you can't quite get it right, go back to that place. And if you haven't truly surrendered to God, if you're not walking as you should with him in your relationship with him, then, then everything else is up for grabs. Start there, right? Get that right and then step in to what God has for you. Are you allowing God to use your situation today? Maybe you're at the bottom, maybe you're halfway up the side of the mountain, but let God use that situation. As we often say in the church world, you know, every testimony has a test in it, right? That's where the testimony comes from. And so if you're in a place that's less than optimal today, then you're in the perfect place for God to do something incredible. God sees you, he hears your prayers, he sees your children, he sees all of those things, and he actually loves them more than you do. <laughs> Women, your, your empowerment does not come by what our society or culture dictates. You are not empowered by your home, you're not your workplace, your status. Girls and teens here today, you're not empowered by what you wear or the people that you hang out with. Understand and know that your true empowerment only comes from your intrinsic, intrinsic God-given worth, from God himself. The sooner you realize that you don't need acceptance from society and from everyone else, and all that matters is that you are accepted by the one who created the universe and created you. Hear that today. Hear those words today. God has a plan of influence for each of you. So my question, questions today, is so what is God's plan of influence for you now? And are you fulfilling it? Have you gotten distracted from what God's called you to? Have you gotten sidelined? Or are you still seeking out his will and his desire for your life? It's not too late. Because you know what happens? There are two types of sin, and I've mentioned this before, but I feel it's, it bears weight to repeat it. Two types of sin. Sins of commission, right? The things that we do wrong, which those are the ones we tend to focus on the most, but there's also sins of omission. And that's simply not doing what we know to be right. And if God has called you to do something and you're not following through with what he's called you to do, then that's a sin. It's disobedience. But again, there's not condemnation here today because there's a big, huge cross right behind me still, right? And that's the beauty of it. Go to the Lord. Ask for forgiveness and say, God, I want to get this right. And he will come alongside of you and he will walk with you and he will give you the strength. As we prepare to wrap up this morning, again, I want you to, to remember the whole thing is, again, what's on the screen. That's what I want you to walk away with is legacy, what are we, we focused on? What is important to us today? And, and what are we leaving to our kids? What are we leaving to the next generation? I want to take a look at just a few women from recent generations. Consider Corey Tenboom, a single woman all her life, right? A single woman all her life who was responsible for hiding many Jews away from the Nazi Holocaust. What a bold and courageous woman who certainly left a legacy of great influence. 
right? We, we are in desperate need of women with backbones, as I've said. Women, again, that do not go with the status quo. Women that, once again, will be willing to save generations of people from being swept away down the river of correctness. We're looking for women to stand for what the scriptures say. Again, the law of that day, she was instructed to turn in all of, of the Jews. And what did she do? She said, no, that's not right. And do you know that there are generations alive today because of her decisions? Because she chose to go do something that was uncomfortable, <laughs> that was dangerous, right? What about Elizabeth Elliot, whose missionary husband Jim was killed by the very people he sought to reach? Again, if you've not studied or looked at this story, you need to. Her story is incredible. She, these people killed her husband and, and his friends, his co, the other missionaries, and she chose to stay on the mission field and continued, listen, to raise a daughter and reach out to the very tribe that killed her husband. She wasn't just reaching those people, but she was also being, leading a life and leading a life where character was in, in front of her daughter and the impact that that had. What a great example of big, biblical strength and character. And lastly, I just wanna mention Amy Carmichael. Again, a single woman and a missionary in India who started an orphanage for sexually trafficked girls and boys. They actually called her Ama, which means mother. She would go, go on to write many books Listen to this. While serving in India, Carmichael received a letter from a young lady who was considering life as a missionary, asking, what is missionary life like? And this is what she wrote back. She says, missionary life is simply a chance to die. That is not natural, normal human response. That is the response of a woman who surrendered her life to the Lord, who says, basically, here I am, use me. Do whatever you want, because I just want to be faithful to what you've called me to. Whatever God is calling you to today, his desire is that you use your influence in the location exactly where he's placed you. Mom, grandmas, ladies, everybody, all those online, what kind of influence and legacy are you leaving in the lives of your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, Sunday school class, neighbors, the person sitting by themselves in the coffee shop in the next generation? That is the question today. And may we not relinquish our responsibilities to someone else, but instead take ownership over our sphere of influence so that the next generation might be changed for good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for, again, all of those women here in person, the ones watching online. God, I thank you that you have created them in your image. Lord, you've created them perfectly, just the, exactly the way you want. God, we, we just thank you, Lord, that that you have created moms 
to just to be that one, to be that one when you fall, to be there to pick you up and to love you. And, and God, the thing is, is that we recognize that that is the way you created us to be. That's the way you designed us to be. But again, your creation and, and through the sin and death that has entered the world, oftentimes, unfortunately, Lord, strays from that picture. God, I pray for each, every person here, every, especially every mom in this place, God, that you would continue, Lord, to strengthen them because, Lord, now more than ever, it is such a difficult job to raise children. With our access to the world around us now, we are bombarded by other ideologies and, and things that are not of the Lord, and it is so challenging, but, Lord, you are greater than all those things. God, I pray for the mother today who is tired, who is just struggling, Lord God, that you would strengthen her, that you would breathe life beyond just physical strength, but God, to her spirit and to her soul. May she find sweet times, Lord, of communion with you and, and times of rest, Lord God. May she be encouraged, Lord God, to, to speak and pour life into her children today. God, we thank you that Mother's Day comes around once a year, but God, we know it, it should be way more than that. It takes more than a day to honor these women. God, may we, we often celebrate, Lord, those women that have poured into us, into our lives. God, the, the, the one that you gave the ability to, to create and carry life in them and bring that life into the world. My goodness, the beauty of that. And forgive us, Lord, for the times when we don't recognize the value of that life. God, we ask you to be with each one. God, we pray just that today would be a day of celebration and be a day where family can gather around, Lord God, their, their moms. God, again, while I recognize that there are some in here whose mothers are no longer here, and God, we just pray that you would draw close to them today. God, that you would bring back the fond remembrance, Lord God, of, of the, the times shared. And God, for those who have maybe negative feelings when we talk about moms today, or those who did not know their mothers, God, I just pray first that, we're, that, that, that they're able to let those things go, that they're able to give those to you, and that you would come in and, and fill those places with your love and your kindness. God, I would also pray that you would bring godly women into their lives, for it's never too late. I think of, again, my journey through childhood, but also my adulthood life and, and through many seasons where you brought women that were not my mother, but have stepped in in so many ways as a mother and loved me and my family. And I pray that you would do the same for those who are hurting today. And God, for those who perhaps desire to be a mother one day, but have yet to see that come to fruition, Lord God, I pray that you would just meet them right where they are. Let them know that you love them deeply. Let, you, let them know that you see and you've seen every tear. Those who have lost children, Lord God, again, what a horrific experience and a thing to walk through, Lord God. But I pray that they would know that you're the life giver. And while there are questions as to the whys or the, the hows or, or things like that, God, let them just continue to come back to you, just to fall into your arms as their savior and, and to be loved by you and to be comforted by you. So God, wherever we are today, whatever place in life, God, we pray that you would just come alongside of us, that you would allow us to love these women well today. God, I thank you for all those watching online as well, that, that they would just be showing the love that they deserve. 
We thank you for this time today, God, and we just ask you again just to continue to bless this, this beautiful day in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?